Well, welcome back to a brand new episode of the T. Druff, the Film Buff Podcast. This first episode this week will be focusing on the Lion King review, kind of a discussion on both the 1994 original and the 2019 remake, reboot, CGI, adaptation, whatever you want to call it. It's certainly not a live action film as much as they want it to be, but uh, jumping right in here. First off, uh, it's been, what, 25 years since the original, um, and you had so many live-action adaptations since then by Disney, um, you know, directed by John Favreau as well. You had 2016's Jungle Book. Uh, you had Cinderella back in 2015. Maleficent, I believe it was 2014. Dumbo earlier this year. Aladdin earlier this year. Uh, Beauty and the Beast in 2017, Peach Dragon in 2015 or 2016, Alice in Wonderland, you had a couple of those. Um, I mean, I'm missing anything there. I mean, we have Mulan on its way. We have Little Mermaid in the casting stage. Uh, Right now, I'm sure there's Pinocchio on the way as well. Snow White, I'm sure, is coming. Cruella DeVille uh, with Emma Stone. So just... This is the, the what you would maybe call the golden age of Disney live-action adaptations, although I think they're about hit and miss. It's, they're hitting probably four to 500 right now, which in baseball terms would be good. Uh, but in movie-making terms, that's not necessarily what you want. You want about uh, 90 to, you know, perhaps what you have with Marvel, which is about 95% uh, good film to, to bad film ratio. Um I mean, you have Jungle Book, which is excellent. Cinderella is excellent. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is excellent. Aladdin is pretty solid. Feats Dragon, not so much. Dumbo's okay. Maleficent is pretty awful. I still have not seen Alice in Wonderland movies, but um, so it's it's kind of been a mixed bag, and and that kind of poses the question of, you know, why why exactly is Disney going back to the, uh, what you would call maybe their quintessential perfect masterpiece, which is The Lion King, which actually came in the middle of their renaissance back in the 90s. Um, why? What, what, what is the point? Well, why make it? Why make a remake? Why even make a CGI version if it's not really going to be live action anyway? Because everybody knows you can't make a live action Lion King. It's just physically not possible. Um, not like you'd be able to with Jungle Book either, but they, they, made, they made it work um, back in 2016. So... I think that that's a fair question to ask, and and I, even after seeing the movie, I still think it's a fair question to ask, you know, other than simply a cash grab and, and simply uh, asking fans for their money once again, uh, which, you know, my theater last night was absolutely packed, so I, I can't really blame them because it makes sense if the audience wants to see it, why not, right? Uh, and certainly the audience seems like they want to see the a, a new version of The Lion King, it's such a beloved property, but I'm very curious as to see how much legs uh, a film like this will have, especially considering the reviews have been uh, mixed to positive, uh, lukewarm, would you say? Um, I don't really know what the audience is going to think of this one, because my audience last night seemed to like it, um, and I'm certainly way more positive than I am negative. I think that this is um, this is definitely way better than something like Maleficent, or I'm sure it's better than the Alice in Wonderland movies, although I haven't seen them, but um, 
so again, I'm not, I can't really answer the question of why did they make this movie. I can't really definitively defend uh, the making of the movie. But what I can tell you is that it's, it's pretty solid. Um, but what we're going to do here first is I'm going to kind of go through the 1994 version of some of the things that I love, um, some of the things that maybe were lacking in terms of could have used a little bit more story. I think the 1994 version is next to perfect. Um, it's just, it's such a quick 85 minutes. Um, I've seen the movie probably close to a hundred times. I've certainly seen the ending of the movie way over a hundred times. It's just one of those things. It's one of those scenes on YouTube. You just can't help but watch sometimes or when it's on TV, you can't really help but, but keep on for you know, 20 to 30 minutes or even maybe the length of the entire movie, which again is only 85 minutes. It's just, it's amazing. But, um, I think the songs are just flawless. Uh, Hans Zimmer's score is beautiful. Um, it's the only one who's won. An, it's the only movie that he's won an Oscar for, which, you know, puzzling for uh, Hans Zimmer, you know, fan like I am. But some of his scores are, you know, what people would say derivative. But I think the the, the Lion King score is probably Hans's most unique and, and colorful and imaginative. So even visceral, I think I would say as well. So uh, certainly deserving of the Oscar back in '94. Um, and, and really going off of what I just mentioned with the music, is there a more iconic opening to any movie than, you know, than the circle of life song overplaying the, uh, you know, the, 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 the resurgence of, of Simba, uh, kind of the, the birth of Simba, if you will, in, in the kingdom, is there a more iconic opening than that in, in maybe any animated movie, but I was even thinking, of any movie in general i mean it's just so beloved it's so universally known um and, and so that's that's another one of the things i really love about the original and you know when they announced uh, jumping quickly right into the 2019 version for a second here when they announced that they were going to make that movie i was very curious as to see how they were going to cast the film because the voices even though i don't even really remember all of the actors names to you know, the characters, like I can't tell you who Rafiki, the, the actor who plays Rafiki, um, or the guys who play Timon and Pumbaa, um, but they're just so iconic with the, the look of the characters. Um, yeah, I know that the, the live action has a sort of a, a different edge to it when the photorealistic animals, but uh, they're just so iconic to the names, the voices are so synonymous with them that it's just very hard to picture who else would would fit the voices so when they brought james earl jones back when they announced that i was like okay so are we just gonna use the same voices or how are we doing this and then you know they they cast chibatology for his scar and alfred woodard as sarabi and seth rogan as pumbaa um and billy eichner as timon so it's like okay all right these all make perfect sense like when you when you look at the, the casting it, it and that's one thing that disney especially their live action movies they do so impeccably well i mean you look at the beauty and the beast cast it's like some of the most perfectly cast uh characters in the history of film you just even before you saw it, you're like yeah i can't picture anybody better to play these roles um and but but the thing is i i really jumping back to the 94 version i really do love jeremy irons voiceover work for scar just the way he pronounces 
enunciate certain phrases and, and words are just again very synonymous with the look and the feel of the character of Scar so uh, I was a little bit bummed about that of course Chiwetel Ejiofor is a great actor I do love him in 12 Years a Slave not so much in a movie like Doctor Strange but uh, he's a great actor overall so I, I certainly was open to his interpretation and I think that he is a he, he was a pretty solid uh, performer in the movie last night but um, again, we'll get into the 2019 version in a second, but I mean, and then you look at it, the, the scenes like with Hakuna Matata and after Simba has to run away. Um, I mean, just simply the age progression scene when, when Simba, Timon and Pumbaa are walking along the log or the ledge and, and they're aging, you know, Simba as the, the music kind of, uh, goes from one verse to another, just iconic and that's one of my favorite shots of the uh, the original movie and it's always funny because when i was a kid i was always like no 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 wait let's not let's not zoom past his his teenage years or whatever years they're kind of depicting there I, i'm sure it's not more than a year but uh, I, I always loved the the look of simba with a little mohawk so i always wanted to see what what that would look like so uh, but of course it kind of just zoomed past it and we get we get matthew broderick as, as simba right after that so and nothing wrong with that, but it's also worth noting, especially as uh, I bring up the the later movie, that the character of Nala, you kind of forget that like she's really not a main character in the movie. Like you have characters like uh, obviously Simba's more important to the story, Mufasa, Scar, Rafiki, Timon, Pumbaa, uh, even the hyenas. I feel like get more scenes than Nala does. Certainly, I mean, I I do like the character of Nala, but it was one of the, the things that I was worried about uh, when they announced Beyonce as, as voicing over Nala, but we'll get into that in a second here. But on that note of Nala, uh, of course, can you feel the love tonight? That scene is, again, picture perfect. Um, the voices, the, the singing voices that they use, um, just the, the imagery, um, it's just gorgeous, just beautifully, beautifully shot. Uh, sequencing for animation I guess you could say it's a drawn sequence but you know what I mean uh, the cinematography even for an animated movie is just beautiful in that scene there um, and that's probably if I had to pick my favorite actual sequence or scene in the in the original the song is actually really not that long it's like under three minutes you always it's same thing with a whole new world and Aladdin I always just remember those songs being longer but I guess that's because you know I was a kid, so scenes felt longer than they probably were. So 85 minutes felt like a, you know, a whole two-hour movie rather than an extended Game of Thrones episode length. Um, uh, but man, I mean, just so many other iconic sequences. I mean, you have Rafiki kind of showing Simba the scene in the water when he sees Mufasa's face. Remember who you are. Um, gosh, I mean, there's just so many things. I mean, there's a couple other things that I want to mention when I bring up the. Uh, the, the, the CGI remake in a second that were not in, in that movie, but were in the original that I love. But um, and, and the also the the other thing worth mentioning is you know after Simba returns and of course uh, takes Pride Rock back, it, it's funny how quick that scene is. So like he you know he's there, Scar circles him, you know calls him a murderer. Then Simba has the recollection under five minutes. It is so quick. The fight with Scar is so quick. The hyenas are done and gone couple minutes 
of course, the, the grass grows again in Pride Rock and all that stuff. So it's just very, very, very quick. You just you forget that like literally the ending of the movie is not like a twenty minute sequence. It's like seven minutes, uh, and then it's all over. So, but again, I the nineteen eighty four version, and maybe perhaps later this year I'll actually do a favorite movies of all time list. But it's my number four favorite movie of all time. So I can't really even bring up any sort of complaints uh, about the movie, but. Some of the things that the 2019 version certainly enhances will come up. Um, enhances is a strong word, but adds to it and kind of uh, digs a little bit deeper into the characters. I, I did like that. So, uh, again, let's go back to the 2019 version now and, and the question of why do it. Um, and I think for me, the reason why I did end up enjoying this one a lot, and I hope it's not going to turn into like the, the Phantom Menace type of you know, feel that a lot of Star Wars fans had when that movie came out, that they were kind of telling themselves that they actually liked it more, you know, than they actually did. Um, but I really did enjoy, I just, I enjoyed the whole nostalgic feel to it. Um, every time that Hans Zimmer's score came up, uh, or you, or you heard the new interpretations of the songs, I just felt that magic. Um, of course, there's other times where I was wanting to feel the magic a little bit more, um, than, than I did, but, I, I mean, just the music alone, getting me into the theater and seeing that uh, unfold in a more realistic way, it, it was something special. So, and and on that note, the CGI is just impeccable. I mean, this, I think from what I heard, there's one shot that's actually a real, uh, you know, savanna or whatever they're, they're showing. I think it's in the desert somewhere that is like an actual real live shot, and then the, everything else is completely CGI. I remember being so amazed in 2016 that the world that John Favreau built with the Jungle Book and how real all those characters felt. But even in that movie, like when the characters are talking, there's something a little bit goofy about it. Um, and even, I will say, even a little bit of that goofiness I could have used more in The Lion King because they just create this insanely real landscape and real world that all of these characters are living in. Um, some of the goofiness and some of the personality of the original movie doesn't necessarily translate uh, as well. And thus, you know, when some certain characters are delivering certain lines that you know and love, and they deliver it in a more realistic way and not in a heightened fashion that like, someone like Scar or the hyenas deliver it in, it doesn't feel all that right. Um, but in a way, they are succeeding because they're, you know, however real... Uh, a movie could be about talking animals and a lion reclaiming his his pride from his uncle, you know, can be, it did have that realistic feeling. So, again, I have nothing to complain about the visuals. It is so amazing to just watch lions walk in this world. Like the sequence when Simba has to run away and they just have several shots of him just walking the desert. Um, I can't imagine that 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 shot was harder to create than something like the final fight sequence. But there's something about just the simplicity of him walking in sand and just almost on the, the brink of death. But just the seeing his paws to the grains of sand and them coming up and then making footprints, just amazing, amazing stuff. So I, I, I just love those little things, just watching it happen. Um, even if, you know, like I said, some of the emotional moments maybe didn't hit as hard as I want them to. Um, but, you know... It really is an essentially essentially a shot-for-shot shot remake. Um, and what I mean by that is 
the stuff that is in this movie that was in the original movie is essentially exactly the same. They didn't really change any of the shots. Um, like, even just, like, the scene when Scars is trying to eat Zazu for the first time and Mufasa comes in, like, the dialogue is almost essentially the same. Um, and the shots, setups of, of Circle of Life, I'm pretty sure are exactly um, mirroring the, the original 1994 Circle of Life. So, things like that. I mean, it, it, again, people are going to make the comparisons to Gus Van Sant's Psycho back in, what was that, 1996 when he did the shot-for-shot remake of Alfred Hitchcock's uh, Thriller from the 60s. But, I mean, I get it. I, I get why people are, are, are literally saying, what, what's the point of this if they're going to do a shot-for-shot remake? But there is about 30 more minutes of extra footage in this movie. So they, they do create little tidbits of, of extra information or extra scenes uh, that I think at least added to it a little bit. Um, like uh, on Scar's front, um, I think Shibutai Jiafor's performance is pretty solid. Again, he's one of the characters that I think at times the delivery felt a little wooden though. Um, but I loved some of the additions they made, just like subtle things that he would say. Like I think this is—I don't think they even confirm it in the original movie, but like the scars really from Mufasa, uh, from the fighting, uh, and they kind of mentioned that in, in the 2019 version how they ended up fighting when they were younger, and that's kind of what happened. And Sarabi originally picked Mufasa over Scar. I think that was a really interesting touch uh, that they put, which I don't believe was in the original. Um, and I love, I love when, 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 I mean, I hate the scene that Mufasa dies. And of course, nobody likes that scene. But I love in that scene that when he's holding Mufasa there on the cliff, right before he lets go and right, be, right after he says, long live the king, he gives him a scar of his own. He hits him in the face and he gives him a scar of his own. You don't really get to see the scar uh, in full effect. But I love that, that that's just a little, little touch of, of of, of something new to the story that John Favreau brought, and I, I really loved that little moment there. Even if it really doesn't have any sort of long-term consequences, I thought it was a nice touch. Um, again, I already did mention the things about the, the dialogue delivery. Just you know, that's it, nitpicky to be honest. But there was some wooden times, especially with the young Simba. I'm not sure what the actor's name is, but I thought his his delivery was it, it wasn't wooden, but it was like he was trying to emulate the young Simba from the original movie, and it didn't feel genuine at times. Um, but man, I got it. I mean, they went hard for the photorealism. And sometimes, you know, with that realistic animal look, you kind of lose the emotion, like I was saying earlier. Um, so even when like, um, gosh, I mean, this, the, 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 the stampede scene when Mufasa dies, like, even when Simba's running away, like, you feel the intensity, um, but, like, when Mufasa sees what's going on, you can't really get that full, the real lion, essentially. Um, he's not, like, an animated character that you can show more emotion with through their eyes or through their their eyebrows, I guess, or through their nose, you know, just things, things like that that you could do in an animation to manipulate characters. Uh, you can't really do that with live action, especially if you're wanting to create that, that realistic world. Um, and things like that kind of trickle into the elephant graveyard scene um, when it's not as long of a chase or even when they chase Simba out of the, the Pride Lands. Like, he's not falling into that big spiky 
you know, zone where one of the hyenas falls into and gets spikes in his butt. Like, that's not, it's not the same thing. They kind of don't, they don't add, they don't, they don't um, try to emulate those scenes because they're a little bit heightened, right? Um, so, found that interesting. And I, I did like that to a certain extent, but I understand um, why people say that the, you can't really necessarily feel emotion for these characters um, in that regard. But on the positive note again, Hans Zimmer's score is absolutely fantastic. And as it came to the point in the movie, though, and and perhaps it would be better for somebody who hasn't seen the original movie as much, but like I know exactly the dialogue and exactly the musical cues in every single scene in that movie. I've memorized it so much that like when those scenes were appearing in, in the 2019 version, I was like, okay, that's not exactly the same musical cue, but I really like it. I really like it, but it's just not exactly the same. So, um, you know, I mean, certain certain little. I almost feel like sometimes Zimmer tries to in this in this situation specifically try to adjust his score a little bit and re-record certain elements that didn't feel as similar. But at the same time, like any music that he puts out is just so amazing and so. Uh, vivacious with energy um, that I can't really complain and most and I'll get into the songs later on that'll be the last thing I talk about with this movie but most of the songs are pretty good and they do nail the the interpretations of those iconic songs but uh, not all of them so we'll get into that Um, again like I said earlier the movie's not as you know emotionally moving especially with you know mentioning those songs there's certain things can you feel the love tonight that just feel a little bit like okay i'm just kind of watching lions sort of like prance around together like bambi but i don't really necessarily feel the emotional weight to this scene that i did in the original certainly in the original that's again like i said my favorite scene so um but it's just so nostalgic like even though the songs are slightly different i just feel so much I feel like goosebumps when I'm when I'm uh, you know hearing that music on screen for the first time in so long. So, um, and I'm going to mention three things right now that, like I said earlier, that I love in the original movie that are so small, subtle um, things that are not at all um, in the remake, or they just kind of do it in a different way, but. I would say this is the smallest one. This is the most nitpicky one. But when in the elephant graveyard scene in the original 1994 version, there's a point in the chase between the hyenas that they almost get Nala. Simba has to come back and save her. And then Simba scratches the hyena on his face. And the look that the hyena gives him and the, the little growl that he does, oh, it's one of my favorite moments. It's just so small, but I just loved the, the sound editing to that moment. I love the scrape sound. I love the, the look of the scrape on the hyena. Uh, it was just so intense when I was a kid. So I just love that scene. That's not at all in the in the CGI remake. Um, you know, of course, there's a small little chase or kind of, they're kind of circling around Simba and Nala and the elephant graveyard scene in this one, but it's just, it's not the same. So I was a little bit disappointed about that. But that, you know, again, that's completely nitpicky and I don't really need, there's, there's really no need to be, you know, upset at all about that moment, but the next one, um, then I'll mention, these are a little bit out of order, but the next one is actually towards the end, the, the Scar versus 
Mufasa, or not Mufasa, the Scarverse, the Simba scene um, in the original movie uh, when they're fighting each other at the end, um, you know, and, and you have the uh, him throwing the fire in his face and blah blah blah, and then they're fighting the slow motion fighting. That's all in the it's all in the CGI remake, and I love that because the music is the same. It's just it's so freaking intense. Uh, but I will say that the shot that I always felt was terrifying when I was younger, and I'm shocked that they have it in the, the G-rated original, but didn't include something like this in the PG CGI remake. Um, but anyway, it's the shot when Scar like leaps into Simba out of the fire, and it's almost like this devilish um, look um, to the whole sequence, and you have fire all around, and Scar just comes through it, and then Simba has to like push Scar off him and throws him down the cliff, and that's where he gets eaten by the hyenas. But it's just that one shot when Scar is kind of leaping through the fire that is not in the CGI remake, and I was really hoping it would be because I think that would look so visually interesting, and I'm very curious to see if that's something that they toyed with in the CGI animation, they just didn't feel it worked completely or something like that. I'd be very curious to hear what John Favreau says about that scene because the way that Scar falls down the cliff in this one is a little bit like cheap. He kind of they're just like fighting and then he just kind of like falls. It's like it's not a very, it's kind of anticlimactic, if you will. So um, that's worth mentioning. So you have the scrape of the hyena's face, the leap through the fire from Scar in the final fight. And then the one I'm most disappointed about, and I'm, oh God, this this part really ticked me off. And I didn't get mad really at all throughout the movie, but this part, it shouldn't, it should, again, it's so nitpicky. It's such a small moment in the original movie, but I really wanted them to include it in a way, is after um, Simba gets convinced by Rafiki uh, and his father in the voiceover to go back to the Pride Lands, um, you know, remember who you are or whatever. So then Simba goes back and he starts running through the the desert, essentially. Uh, and in the original, it's that very motivational Hans Zimmer score cut over the slow motion pause running through the desert with Simba. And just, it was one of the coolest shots when I was a kid. I always used to like, when I would watch that movie on VHS, I remember watching that scene and then rewinding it like five times to keep rewatching that scene before I went on to the finale just because it was it was just so cool it was so cool seeing Simba's like you know slow motion running through the desert again such a small thing that I shouldn't be pissed about but they did not include that in the CGI remake and even worse they have that scene where he's running through the desert it's not slow motion but he's running with Nala and they use Beyonce's new spirit song as the, the, the music voiceover to it it's like what, what are we doing? This song's, I mean, they only play 30 to 40 seconds of it. It's not a great song, at least from what I heard so far. Maybe it is when it's in the full version. I reserve my rights to change my opinion on that. But it's just like, why, why did we need this? Like, why did we need this song with Beyonce? Like, ugh, Nala's not a main character. Then we're casting Beyonce, which means she's going to inevitably get way more scenes. Uh, why did we do this? Um, so was not a fan of that that use of the song in that moment because it's one of my favorite scenes in the original again like all three of these things are so nitpicky the scenes are essentially the same anyway um, but just some small things that i felt like uh, could have been better so you know oh well 
is all I can say. Like, yeah, I'm not going to be that person who reads the book and then, like, says, oh, the movie's not good because it didn't include this in the book. I know you're not going to do this exactly shot for shot, and you're not going to do the music in the same exact way. So I can't really complain that much. But, but oh, well. You know, after that, the last five minutes or so, they really hit home. Like, when, when Simba is, is going up the the rock to finally reclaim back his throne, um, and he gets that final roar, I thought, I really do wish Rafiki had that line in the CJ remake of, it is time. It is time. Just so perfect. Um, but they don't include that either. So, little things, little things. But, again, I really did like this one. Um, I should also mention Timon and Pumbaa. Fantastic! I thought Seth Rogen and, and uh, Billy Eichner do a really great job. A lot of new humor. Like, a lot of their lines are completely new. Um, I love Pumbaa's story. Uh, I think that that was played out really well in this one as well. Um, their vibe with Simba is great. Um, everything about Timon and Pumbaa in this movie was fantastic. Uh, we're going to name him Fred. Oh, come on. That's that's too good. That's too good. Um, uh, but... Oh, you know what? Actually, there's another thing that I thought was a really nice touch uh, to the CGI remake that was that is such a very quick thing in the 1994 version is when, you know, Simba tells Timon and Pumbaa that like, oh yeah, the stars are, are the kings of our past looking down on us or whatever the the line is, um, and they all laugh at him and then he walks off and he kind of, you know, just has that moment where he lays down and the little leaves or the dust in the, from the jungle of blows all the way to Rafiki the, the more fantastical element to to the Lion King story I love that that moment in the CGI remake is still in it and it's actually longer like you go all the way from like little ants carrying the little dust or a piece of hair that Simba has um all the way to like a giraffe or what was the, what was the animal some sort of I think it was a giraffe that eats it and then it becomes its feces and then it, like it's rolled by a beetle and then the, the beetle rolls it all the way up and then another little insect rolls it all the way up to Rafiki's thing and then Rafiki's like oh what the heck is this takes a piece of hair smells it and then that's you know he realized that's Simba like iconic scene in the original um, because of Rafiki's laugh and how he draws Simba's face over the the branch there but um, I I did like that that was that was a very well updated scene i did not expect that to be something that they would adjust at all because it's such a small thing but it's like a couple minutes long in this one um and the fans really liked it when i was there last night as well they, they really liked that scene so um and now what i'm going to do is i'm going to kind of go through i didn't really get too much into the song so i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to rank what i thought in the original was the best songs in a row and what i think the uh the remake did a uh, did a better job of the song so Starting with the original version at number five, because there's only five songs, or sung songs in the original, uh, would be prepared. But th- th- that scene always just kind of weirded me out when I was a kid. I think it's supposed to weird you out, but I always had a, too much of a like a Hitler dictator vibe to it uh, when I'm older, especially when I see that. So like, I'm never a huge fan. Like I think visually it's cool, but... Uh, the song was never, never hit me too hard when I was a kid, so that's number five. Then at number four, I have just I, I just can't wait to be king, which is weird because when I was actually a kid, like you know wh- whatever Simba's age is, when I was younger, like Simba, I wasn't a huge fan of that song, but it is kind of climbing up my ranks, especially after when I watched it a couple days ago. I really really liked that scene a lot, and um, they do something interesting with it in the uh, the CGI remake, so. That comes in at number four. Number three is Akuna Matata. And you could really kind of interchange the top three, but Akuna Matata comes in at number three. 
Um, again, I love the age, um, the age progression sequence to that. I love that it goes from the young Simba to the old Simba singing. So you have both of the vibes in there in Timon and Pumbaa. Of course, you give great lines, hilarious lines in the CGI remake as well. But uh, number two would be Circle of Life. Again, like I said, probably the most one of the most iconic openings to any movie of all time. Um, and it's it's Circle of Life is played over that. Just absolutely iconic. Just I love all the voices, the interesting. Uh, sounds that they use, the visuals over the sounds. Um, and then finally, of course, at number one, it's Can You Feel the Love Tonight. I already kind of said that earlier, but that is my favorite um, song in the original version. And now we get to the 2019 version. So originally, I remember when it came out uh, about a year ago, they announced that, oh, there's only going to be, you know, four songs or four of the old songs, and there's going to be a new song. Uh, that they were going to adapt. Like, Be Prepared was the only one that wasn't going to be involved. And I was fine with that because, again, it's my least favorite song out of the original, and I just feel like it's the one song that probably could go. You can get across the, the message that Scar has in that scene to the hyenas in a different way. You don't necessarily need it to be told through a song. So um, I thought that was fine if they weren't going to include it, but they did end up including it. So anyway, there's six songs in this one. Coming in at number six, I just kind of brought it up, but it's Spirit by Beyonce. It's because it's played over the scene, which is my one of my favorite scenes in the original movie, and they don't have the shots that I like. Plus, the song, the, the parts of the song that they use in the movie is like 30 seconds long. It's really not that great. Um, but actually, you know what I should... I didn't really give Beyonce credit because I think her actual talking voice over in the movie is, is pretty decent. And this the, the new little scenes they give Nala when she's trying to escape from Scar... Um, it back at the Pride Lands when Simba is still with Timon and Pumbaa. I think that those scenes were actually kind of interesting. Maybe not necessary at all, um, but I really, really did like them. I thought they were actually pretty intense, and I, I felt uh, the weight of those scenes for Nala and the rest of the lions. Um, so even though, again, it's not really necessary, and I feel like it's just kind of like, oh, we're going to give Beyonce some more lines because Nala's role is really not big at all, um, but I actually did like that. So... Um, that was a little sidetrack, but I, I did like her her actual voiceover. I think that she was actually pretty solid. I just didn't like that song very much. There's a couple of other lines where she's like, lions attack together or whatever. It's like, yeah, okay, we don't, we don't need that. We don't need that. We, we absolutely don't need that. But anyway, uh, number five would be Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Um, I think, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's something about this scene that doesn't feel right in the, the remake. Um, you're kind of just like watching lions like I said, prance around like Bambi with the song playing over it. I almost felt like it was almost too realistic in that scene. Like I kind of like the the more goofy, uh, playful vibe that Simba and Nala have in the original, but also very romantic as well. Um, and again, it's one of the most romantic songs of all time. So you can't really go wrong with the actual song. Like Donald Glover and Beyonce do a good job singing this song. I'm not going to really complain about that. Um, but what's funny is that you know, that scene is actually really not at night at all in the remake uh so that was kind of interesting because in the in the original like there's some shots at night and then of course there's some shots during the day too or dusk um so not fully at can you feel the love tonight um but but the uh the remake not so much um so i thought that that was that was interesting the way that they they handled that but um coming in at number four we have be prepared so i think that this was actually definitely improvement um even though much like the, they use how they use spirit 
uh, be prepared is definitely shortened, shortened um, in this version. So, you know, Chiwetel LG4 has some new lines that he uses. It's not all the same. You don't think you really have the lines singing as much as a chorus in this movie, and you certainly don't have them marching like a bunch of soldiers following Hitler in this movie. But I think the lines that they added for the song were actually pretty dang good um, and definitely worth watching. Like, I'm probably going to watch that scene on YouTube when it goes when it goes up just because it, it's a very interesting scene. And I like the way they... It's one of the few, like, visually interesting scenes that, that felt um, a little bit more... That had a little bit more personality. Like I was mentioning, that the remake is almost largely... Um, lacking of personality in some scenes so that one certainly had it and then of course number three is Hakuna Matata um, this was such a delightful scene and I think there's some stuff there's some dialogue that they add at the end of Hakuna Matata and when they sing The Lion Sleeps Tonight that I thought was really really funny uh, I can't even remember the lines now but the lines that they add with Timon, Pumbaa and Simba were really really great uh, so I love that um and I mean, you can't really go wrong with Hakuna Matata, right? You have Seth Rogen singing and laughing as Pumbaa and telling his story within that song as Pumbaa, as Seth Rogen in a Disney Lion King movie. I mean, you can't get much better than that. So, uh, and again, I do like that the, the kids, the kid has a great singing voice as we're going to get to in a couple here uh, with a separate song that he sings, but also Donald Glover, of course, has a good voice. I don't listen to any of Childish Gambino's music, but he has a good voice, so I can't really complain there. Number two, we have Circle of Life. Um, and I believe this is the, actually the first footage they showed from the movie back in 2018 Comic-Con? No, I think it made it in 2017 Comic-Con, actually. Um, they showed the first, I think that they shot the Circle of Life first as like a test footage thing um, to, to, to show D23 or Comic-Con, one of the two. Um, I think it was 2017 now that I think about it, but um, just remarkable stuff. I remember hearing the reports out of that, um, out of that, that con that it was just shot for shot, just perfect. It, it just photorealistic animals, like all sorts of cool things. The, the new recording was very cool. So I loved all that. Um, and I love that it's a slightly longer sequence because of course in the original, everything is so quick. Everything happens so, so freaking fast. Um, so Again, I don't really have any complaints with Circle of Life. Uh, again, it's one of the, it, it opens the movie. It kind of just leads you off with a bang um, and kind of keeps the pace going from there. So, well, coming in at number one, and this is a complete shock to me, is I Just Can't Wait to Be King. I don't really know what it is about this one in the, in the remake I, because the, it's certainly not as visually... Of a, as visually as much of a spectacle as it is in the original when the, you know all the lions are standing on top of each other and, and all that and then Zazu gets crushed by a rhino at the end it's like or a hippo whatever it is um, it's definitely not that intense um, but just the way the camera moves throughout all the animals and you have such a sense of community uh, within the, the, the savannah or the pride lands that all these animals kind of had this acceptance towards each other uh, that, like, you don't eat me, I don't eat you, you eat this, I eat this, blah, 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 you know. They have this camaraderie, uh, but it also feels so realistic as well. So, But I did love that within the song. I love that the that direction of the song by Fabro, and, and I think the kids are great singing it, Nala and Simba, just fantastic. It's something I cannot wait to see again. Um, so I just can't wait to be singing. It's definitely my favorite song. 
and that kind of that ends it right there so so that is the the recap for lion king 2019 25 years after the perfect original 1994 lion king that's all i got for right now we're probably gonna do another half an hour or so maybe even longer um saturday or sunday after all the comic-con stuff drops we have a walking dead trailer to go over we have an it chapter 2 trailer to go over we could even talk about Jalen silent bob the reboot um gosh what else we have terminator dark fate footage we have top gun trailer which i'm not even a fan of the original top gun but i thought the trailer was very good um so a lot of stuff to, to cover um and all the stuff with marvel coming up i cannot wait to hear what's going to happen tomorrow even all the cw shows which not as much of a fan of anymore but we'll, we'll have something to, to talk about tomorrow so that's it that's the that's the review thanks